We're, we're making, uh, our aim is to make disciples of Jesus who, and then now we're down to love, who love God with worship and service. So there we are in red. That's our aim for today. But that is ex- incredibly small. So this is our, our subject for today. Making disciples of Jesus who love God and w- with worship and service. Actually, these two, worship and service, are intimately connected. I want us to return to where actually we began, the the great commandments. And so we read from Matthew 22, 34, 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I'm not, I'm not here to expand these words, actually, but you can see what Jesus is doing here. He's saying the first and the greatest commandment, and we don't minimize that, the first and greatest commandment is to love God. And out of your love for God will come love for your neighbor. So the two are connected. And, and part of the way we love God is through our worship. In fact, we could go even further than that and say our whole lives should be a life of worship. They are intimately connected. Let, let this, here I go, you'll say, oh, here goes Roddy showing off. That's a, that's a Greek word. It's laturgia. That's the way I was told to pronounce it in college. Actually, I've met people who pronounce it differently now, but never mind. But listen to it. It means service. And actually, it specifically seems to refer to priestly service which we could say is sort of worshipping service. And listen, liturgia, liturgy. Aha, that's where the word liturgy comes from. What on earth is liturgy? Liturgy is the form and order and content of your worship. Ah, well, the Anglicans and the Roman Catholics have liturgy. We don't. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) Somebody said, oh, no, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, we do. What, What is our liturgy? Very simple. Song, 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 
song, song, <laughs> preach. Now, there may be a little bit more to say about that, but I think that's our liturgy. I could go this way. Song, song, <laughs> song, song, preach. Ah, well done, Andrew. He's ahead of me. <laughs> but you think of English. Think of English. Service. It means to serve. My mother, when she was 15, had to go from Leyston, Suffolk, down to Horsham in Sussex because she said she went into service. In other words, she became a maid in a large house, in a sort of upstairs, downstairs situation. And they didn't like her name, which was Gladys, so they called her Rose. <laughs> Service. Hmm, I don't even heard... Ah, but... We have a Sunday morning... <laughs> Well, maybe we don't say that now. We use the word gathering or perhaps meeting. But traditionally, a lot of people said, we're going to Sunday morning service. Oh, you see how these things are connected? So our worship and our service are intimately connected. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Here we go, Andrew. <laughs> There are different kinds of gifts, right, Paul? But the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. You can see here the Trinity at work. Gifts are given as God's people meet together by the Holy Spirit. Gifts of, maybe, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a gift of healing, discerning of spirits. Gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to the people of God. Why? Because they serve the same Jesus the Lord Jesus. They are given to glorify him and over it all, God is at work. And we could say God the Father is, is over all, looking at this, supervising it, ordering it. So into our liturgy comes this. This is worship. This is the Christian congregation gathered together to worship. Let's take that, those verses as our framework and look at the work of the Trinity in here. Worship and service is first of all about loving the Father. Loving God. That's our aim. Loving God. What do we do when we, when we get together like this? What are we about? We're here to acknowledge who God is. He is great. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is awesome. He is holy. He is magnificent. He, he's a, amazing, wonderful, 
fantastic. This is our God. He is our Father. This is who he is. He is righteous. This is God. We acknowledge who God is. We don't just come to be together. As we sing, as we participate, we're acknowledging who God is. We celebrate his goodness, his grace to us. We we celebrate how he, he loves us and he cares for us and he keeps us and he holds us and he sustains us and he carries us and he, he, he rebukes us at times. He, he corrects us. He does all sorts of things for us. He feeds us. He makes sure we're okay. We celebrate his grace and his goodness to us. We remember supremely all he has done for us in Jesus. We're coming up to Christmas. We're going to celebrate the most amazing miracle that ever, ever happened that God became a human being. Let's ignore the razzmatazz and let's see what Christmas, if we have to use that word, is all about. This is the God we serve. He came as a human being in Jesus. He lived amongst us. He taught. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He gave wonderful stories. This is the Jesus who set his face towards Jerusalem, didn't flinch, died on the cross, taking your sin, was buried in the tomb, defeating death, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, and he's coming back. This is Jesus. Amen. (laughs) This is what we do. And then in the light of that, we see that we fail and we have faults and we're weak. We sin. And thank God he is with us and ready to forgive. And we say, God, we need you. Not just, on a, not just on a Sunday morning. I need you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I need your help every day. And we listen to him speaking to us through his word. As, as imperfectly we try and expound the word of God. Listen for what God is saying to us together and to us individually. And as we hear that and as we've worshipped him, we recommit ourselves together and individually to his plans and his purposes for us. That's what we're about on a Sunday morning. So we go out from here to love him and serve him in the week ahead. Worship, service together. You see, a true worship should spill over into every, every aspect of our lives, into our family life. If you have a family, then worship together spills over into the way you are at home together. If you, if you live alone, 
It's still true. Because he's with you. Into your working life. Whatever you do, Monday to Friday. Whether it's manual or in the office, whether it's educational, whether it's nursing, whatever. God says, I want to be involved in that. Because that's part of your worship of me. And into our leisure life, what we do is we relax. He's involved in everything. That's loving the Father. But then, we welcome the Spirit. At the end of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writes this, My brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Now we get this tension. We have a tension here. A balance, a balance as we meet together in worship. On the one hand, there is an openness to the Spirit, to prophecy and tongues. If it's public, let's have an interpretation. To every gift of the Spirit. An openness. We're saying, Lord, we're here. We want you to do what you want to do. Whatever we've planned, whatever we've, we've tried to put together, we're open to you to disrupt that. But on the other hand, we need for things to be done in an orderly and fitting way. Our liturgy. Because that's what it is. Our order of worship. So we have that balance. Oh, it's tough. I, I can speak to the worship leaders here. Isn't it annoying when you pick songs and then the meeting goes all over the place and the songs you picked either don't fit or you haven't got time for them. And you think, I spent all that time preparing this and yet the Holy Spirit's disrupted it. I've been there, done it. So yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and you, you say, I want to be open, I want to be open. But I am a bit upset about it. <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? But what if you're preaching? Ah, I remember once we had, not here, uh, I remember once we had such a flow of the prophetic word. We began at half past ten, which seems to be the sacred time. And, <laughs> and the, pro- the prophecies kept coming and coming. And I looked at my watch and I was preaching and it got to twenty to twelve quarter to twelve and then the host said well come on Rod and preach and I got up and said no I'm not because God had said so much and to be honest what I was going to say ran counter not against but differently to what God had said because the Holy Spirit had disrupted everything but I tell you we heard God was I upset? Mm, no, not really. I'd enjoyed the study. That's in our, our worship together. But we need that balance, don't we? As we're out there to serve him. We need to be 
open. We need to know what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. We need to be open to that as a church. As we pursue a building, we need God to say to us what he wants us to do with it and how we are to serve him in this place. So do we as personally. We need to know that we're doing what the Holy Spirit wants. Because if it's our idea, it may be a good idea, a wonderful idea, fantastic idea, but if God's not in it, we're ultimately not going to see the kingdom grow. And there's the other aspect. We need to know when to stop. Gee, no Christians are ever so good at starting things, but we're much harder at stopping things. In our first church, there was a group of people, they were in their 60s and 70s, who met together once a month on a Thursday evening. They called themselves the Fellowship Meeting. Who is this group of people? Because they didn't come on a Sunday. And I thought, so I asked who it was. Now, the, the two leaders were there. They were committed. They were a lovely couple. And they'd been sort of holding this group together for a long time. So, who are these group of mainly ladies who came together? And they said, well, it used to be the church youth group. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> and... And they had never stopped meeting together. In a way, that didn't matter. But in a way, it was tragedy. Because none of them had become Christians. And I don't just mean that they, they stopped or gone off the boil. They hadn't. And when we gently started to make commitment to Jesus something to be dealt with it gradually faded away we're good at starting things and we're not always as good at stopping things we need to know that so we need to have that balance of the spirit and in all things Jesus needs to be honoured taking uh, the 1 Corinthians verses forward Paul says there are different kinds of service but the same Lord Jesus. Jesus said the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus modelled service to us and then Jesus said the Spirit will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and declaring it to you. So as we glorify, as the Spirit glorifies Jesus through us, he will lead us to worship and serve him. Because that's what the Spirit does. That's what the Spirit does in bringing glory to Jesus. So, honouring Jesus as we worship God, it doesn't matter what theme we have here on a Sunday morning, Jesus can be glorified. If, if God speaks to us about creation and all that he has made, who is the word of creation? Jesus. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. All things were made through by him and there was not anything made that was made. Yes, Jesus is the word of creation. If God speaks to us about holiness, about being separated to him from, from the things that would, would hinder us, who lived the most holy life? Jesus. 
It's living like Jesus. If, if the theme is the church, what is the church supremely? The church is the body of Christ. It's all about Jesus. If we talk about the end times, who's coming again? Jesus. It's all about him. If we talk about obedience, Jesus was obedient to death on a cross. He is our example of obedience. If, if, if the theme is about repentance of belief, preaching the good news, it's Jesus who came to save. He's the centre of that. If it's about being filled with the Spirit, it's so that Jesus can be more glorified. Ultimately, it's all about Jesus. That's what the Spirit does. And the Father is satisfied with that. That's our worship. Jesus said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. It's all about him. He is the pioneer and the perfecter, or old language, the author and finisher of our faith. And out there serving God, we want Jesus to be glorified out there. That's ultimately what we want. For Jesus to be glorified. House groups? Yes, let's rejoice in all our house groups do. What's the ultimate aim? That Jesus is glorified. Social events? That Jesus is glorified. Outreach events? Beckles switch on? That Jesus gets the glory. (coughs) Community work, as that arises, we believe God will lead us into that so that Jesus is glorified. And whatever else, whatever else, that he is seen as the beginning, the middle, the end of all we do. It's about him. Because he's worthy. He loved you so much. He loved the church so much that he gave himself for us. So, future life, present life, now. We want to be disciples, not just make disciples, but I would say we want to be disciples now who love God with worship and service. They're intimately connected. Let's love the Father with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. Let's individually During the week, let's, as we come together, saying, I'm not coming here to get, first of all, but I'm coming to give. To give to him. And to give to my brothers and sisters. I want to love you, God. And I don't want to hold back. 
I don't care if people think I'm stupid. Because I want to worship you with all of my heart. And let's welcome the Spirit. As we're together and as we move out into our community, our family, our work life, our leisure life, whatever, let's welcome the Spirit. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty Son of God, be welcome in this place. Let your fire fall. We sang that this morning. Did it happen? Supposing it happened. Can we cope with disruption? Holy disruption. And let's honour Jesus in all that we do. We're going to break bread. Here is the place where we can find forgiveness and restoration. Here is the place where we can celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Here is the place that we can be open to the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants. As we break bread, let's pray that Jesus is honoured supremely because he's done it all.